All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. A Tuesday edition of Daily Faceoff Live, and we are locked, loaded, and ready to go. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. He's former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna. Frank Saravalli is stopping by in about 15 minutes to give us the latest on the GM meetings. Mike, the playoff races are in full swing. we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we do, man. And I can't wait to hear from Frank. I bet he's got some nuggets down there at the GM meetings. that will be pretty interesting to us. But until then, why don't we just ham it up about what's been going on in the national these past couple hours, past day, because there's no shortage of it, Tyler. Yes, there is no shortage of drama right now. We are streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, and we are looking for your questions for our inbox segment. So if you got one, throw it in the YouTube chat as well. In the meantime, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with a big win by the Buffalo Sabres. They fall down 2-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs and then storm back. And for a Sabres team that's really been sputtering along for the last week or so, what a massive victory this was. Before we talk about where they sit in the playoff race, Mike, let's talk about the return to the lineup for Alex Tuck. He scores twice, and the guy who, while maybe he isn't the face of this Sabres franchise in terms of a franchise star, Maybe he's working himself into that conversation in a year where Tage Thompson has stolen the show. Rasmus Dahlin's been great. How about this from Alex Tuck in his Sabres career now up to 102 points in 108 games. And I love that our pal Nick Alberga throws up the little Jack Eichel comparison as well. What a return to the lineup for Alex Tuck, a guy who is just so vital to this Sabres team. Exactly. I mean, he's eclipsed the 30 goal mark for the first time in his career. And you think back to what Alex Tuck did with the Vegas Golden Knights. And for the most part, he was a third line winger, scored most of his goals on the rush, 
at the front of the net on the power play, tipping pucks, creating screens in front. And I think going to, to Buffalo has really loosened up his game. You know, he's been on a line this season with Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner. Both players see the ice pretty well. Uh, they're rangy, just like Tuck is at Thompson, especially size-wise. And, you know, he scored one-timers off the blade like he did last night. And you look at Buffalo, man, they were 2-5-1 and one without Tuck in the lineup. You know, they were knocking on the door to the Stanley Cup playoffs before he got hurt. And it's it's Tuck's consistency this year, man. Like, he's only had one pointless streak of three games. Otherwise, it's never been more than two this season. So he is a key piece to the puzzle there in Buffalo. It shows when he's out that they don't quite have the depth of other teams in the East. But with him back in it, Five points back from the Islanders, two games in hand. They're still in the mix. It's a long shot, but the Sabres are still in the mix. Yeah, you said it. Five points back of the New York Islanders. They're also just two points back of the Panthers, and they have a game in hand there. They are seven points back of the Penguins with the same amount of games played. So Pittsburgh may be separating themselves a little bit in that Eastern Conference wildcard race. But, hey, I don't think you can count Buffalo out of this thing at all all by points percentage they don't have a ton of distance to catch up to in the other thing i'm looking at their schedule coming up on march 25th they have a head-to-head -head against the new york islanders also uh early april they have a head-to-head -head against the florida panthers like they'll have a chance here mike with these big head-to-head -head games to make up some ground have those four point swings maybe go in their favor and if they do I'm looking at the end of their season, like they got a game to end the year against the Blue Jackets as well. There are some soft pockets on their schedule. Maybe they're mm -hmm. not dead after all. Yeah, and hey, I tell you what, Tyler, there's there's definitely teams I would rather not see than the Sabres in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're exciting, dude. Like they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the NHL. Nick Alberga says it all the time, and I agree with him. I want to see this team make it. I want to see the Sabres have a go this year. It'd be a lot of fun to see the fans in Buffalo finally get some playoff hockey. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's just a matter of which seed they'll be. And they were dealt just some tough and devastating news, the kind of stuff you hate reading. Andre Svechnikov, we knew he was injured. We didn't know for quite how long. And while there still hasn't been a confirmed report at any point, it's not sounding good for the Carolina Hurricanes star winger Rod Brindamore in this via Walt Ruff, a team reporter, said Rod Brindamore says he doesn't have any idea if Svechnikov can return this season because of a knee injury. The quote from Brindamore, I hate it for him more than anything. He's worked so hard to get to this point of the year when it's fun. Now he's not going to be able to be a part of it moving forward. That quote, pretty damning. If the Canes don't have Svechnikov, Mike, I mean, that really changes sort of the power balance in the Eastern Conference. But really, you feel for the guy who was having such a great season. Yeah, he, Svechnikov is having a great season. He's also such a catalyst for that team. And I still love how Jordan Martinook comes to him before every game with the big old, Mr. Svechnikov! <laughs> One of the funniest clips in the entire NHL. No surprise it's Marty, but I, this isn't good for a team that didn't bulk up at the trade deadline. We talked about it yesterday. The Canes, to me, they needed to get somebody regardless of injury. You got Pacioretty out, Svechnikov out. They were supposed to play big roles in that team. And yes, he may be out for the rest of the season if ACL surgery is required. They are seeking a second opinion on that. But Svechnikov and Burns have been the two best players for the Carolina Hurricanes since February 1st, especially five on five. Svechnikov has 11 points in 14 games, five on five. With him out of the lineup against the Golden Knights for part of it, they were shut out. Then against the Devils on Sunday, shut out once again. And the best player on the team in Carolina, Sebastian Ajo, seven of his last games, he's been held without a point. So, Tyler, what's the path forward now for the Carolina Hurricanes to really make hay for the rest of the season and the Stanley Cup playoffs? 
It puts a lot of weight on the shoulders of Martin Natchez, who's had a great breakout year, 60 points mm -hmm. in 65 games, but that's largely been on the power play. So I think if Carolina is going to make a deep playoff run, it's going to come down to goaltending. We don't know if Anderson or Ranta can stay healthy. My prediction, Pyotr Kerchetkov. You ride that dream pony and hope it lasts, but otherwise, I'm not sure that the Carolina Hurricanes can find the scoring necessary to really be able to compete in the East. Yeah, I mean, you even look at who's been producing the offense in the last kind of month and a half here since February 1st, and it hasn't been coming from their forwards. It's been coming from the back end. Brent Burns is a point right. of game, but now you have no Svechnikov in that mix. Natchez and Kotkaniemi seem to be humming along a little bit, but I worry about the production of Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, he's getting close to that 30 goal mark on the season, but you're going to have him paired up with Seth Jarvis and Yessa Pugliarvi potentially. Like, that's he's going to have to do a lot of yeah. the heavy lifting if they want to keep getting production from that top line. And especially because he's going to face all the top matchups, Tyler. Yeah. It doesn't get any easier as you go down the stretch when it comes to that aspect. No, not at all. And you wonder if maybe that top spot in the Metropolitan Division is now more up for grabs than it ever has been. Let's switch the conversation up and talk about the two teams who are chasing the Carolina Hurricanes. And with a win the other night, the New Jersey Devils have moved in to a tie in points with the Carolina Hurricanes. They have played one more game. So points percentage-wise, they're just a hair behind Carolina. But I, do the Devils have a chance to actually catch the Canes here? And with this Svechnikov news, Mike, would you call them now the favorites to win the Metro? I think so. Yeah, especially watching how the Devils played against the Canes head-to-head. -head. And even recently in the games that the Devils have lost. I mean, they dropped one last week to the Golden Knights that they absolutely trounced them all over the ice, yet somehow weren't able to quite come away with the victory. In Jersey, you look at the advanced metrics. Man, they dominate Corsi. They dominate puck possession. Defensively, they keep shots to a minimum. And I love that head coach Lindy Ruff presses them. If he doesn't think his team has played their best game, he'll let them know. Like, he doesn't really sugarcoat anything. And an added layer to the Devils that's gone underreported this year by myself and others is how good Akira Schmidt has been in a secondary role now for the New Jersey Devils. Vitek Vanacek's come in and stabilized the crease. Uh, Jack Hughes said it the other day, man, we've been getting saves this year. We needed that. But I think Schmid's accelerated his development. I think he's looking now at being a full-time NHL or maybe as early as next year, given how well he has played. Mackenzie Blackwood in and out of the lineup. You needed the secondary goaltending. Look at Schmid at a 927, really impressive. So this is a pretty well-rounded team in Jersey that I don't see slowing down. They've even powered through uh, when they've had several injuries. And now look, even depth guys, Dawson Mercer, you know, 11, 12 games, guy pot and goals left and right in a row. Like you don't see that out of some of these other clubs that are that deep, especially like the Devils are. We talked about the production since February 1st in Carolina. Dawson Mercer, since February 1st, leads the New Jersey Devils in points with 20 in that span. He's over a point per game in the last six weeks. It's been an incredible run for him. It just feels like they always have someone new stepping up and kind of taking the mm -hmm. reins there. The last area I wanted to touch on with you, and Frank Cervalli kind of brought this up on uh, the DFO rundown the other day. We're not giving Lindy Ruff enough Jack Adams love. I mean, that's a guy who, to start the season, he was getting booed by that fan base. My hot take to start the year was that he was going to be the first coach fired, and Andrew Brunette was just sitting there on the bench waiting to take his job. I give Lindy Ruff a ton of credit for the way he's handled this team and really handled the entire situation from the beginning of the season. Yeah, man, I think he's pressed. Like you said, I mean, he just he doesn't let the team off the hook. This isn't just a young team that you have to coddle anymore. It's a team with expectations. And you saw that when they picked up Timo Meyer at the trade deadline. The Devils are in win-now mode. Ruff knows that, right? He's been close before. He knows when to push, and I think he's doing it the right way with that club. 
yeah, the rough's been incredible. The goaltending's held up. The forward group looks legit. The blue line looks legit. I mean, it's hard to poke holes in that Devils team. And, I mean, we've been doing it for a while, but they should be recognized as legitimate cup contenders and now potentially contenders to win the Metropolitan Division. Let's head out west for two minutes and 30 seconds and talk about some more unfortunate injury news. The Colorado Avalanche, I mean, they've been banged up all season and i think if you were maybe an outsider someone who doesn't look at this team closely that all that often you might say ah arturi lekkinen goes down how big of a deal is that well this is a guy as they've dealt with all those injuries to big guns haven't had gabriel landeskog all year look at the numbers lekkinen's put up 20 goals and 29 assists in 62 games one of the few players who's appeared in almost all the avalanche games they don't have a lot of bodies who've been in the lineup for north of 60 this year it's now going to be four to six weeks with a broken finger for Lekkanen. He's going on the IR. Jared Bednar, the team's head coach, said it might even be longer than that, which is really bad news considering they only have five weeks left in their regular season schedule, Mike. This is a huge loss for an Avalanche team that honestly probably couldn't really afford to lose another key piece of this forward group. I agree with you. And it must be pretty gnarly if it's going to be four or six or more. Like, I can't imagine what his finger looks like. It's worrisome. It is his top hand, though, so at least he can continue to, to skate and do some conditioning. But, uh, you know, last year you look at the Avalanche and, you know, you had Burakovsky, Nachushkin, and Kadri. They pick up Lekkanen at the line. Like, they had so many weapons that were interchangeable. And now Gabriel Andeskog's not there. Lekkanen's out. Even on the blue line with Manson and Eric Johnson not being able to play a lot recently – it's just a lot, man. And it's the reason why the or why the Avalanche haven't been sitting at the top of the Central Division. Have they been good since 2023 rolled around? Yeah, seventh best team in the NHL. But can they compete down the stretch when it starts to get to the big time? It's going to be tougher, if you ask me. Because here's the fundamental question, Tyler. Can they win without Gabriel Landeskog? Yeah. I don't think they can. He's their captain, man. Like, they've had too many moments where the team's up and down. They need their captain. Okay, but even if he's not available, can they win without both Eric Johnson and Josh Manson out? And then you factor in Lekkanen, who's been their, one of their most consistent forwards, offensively and defensively. It's a tall task. I think the Avalanche are probably just at this stage hoping they get through the first round, get some bodies back. But even then, you don't know what percentage you're going to be at. You may have guys playing 75, 80 percent. That's going to be tough. But I wouldn't bet against Colorado with the skill they have. As long as they have McCarr and McKinnon in that lineup and Rantanen. That team's still pretty good, Tyler. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Like, they still have those three big dogs up front, although they do miss Gabriel Landeskog in that mix. And, you know, like Evan Rodriguez has had a solid season, 13 goals yeah. on the year. But now you're looking at him to maybe take on a bigger role. You're going to have to bump someone else up into the top six, whether it's Logan O'Connor or Alex Newhook. You're going to need someone to take that Lekkanen spot as well. And the other thing with Lekkanen is that he touched so many areas of that team, right? He was a part of their second power play and it killed yeah. penalties for him as well. Like, it's a big, big loss for this group. And uh, the other thing is they're kind of in a bit of a dogfight for home ice advantage in round one of the playoffs as well. They're four points back of the Minnesota Wild. They have two games in hand. But again, with these injuries, with how well the Wild are playing, maybe it's starting to, we need to have the conversation of that second spot's getting out of reach for the Colorado Avalanche, but they've found a way to persevere throughout this season. Certainly an interesting storyline to keep an eye on as we head through the rest of the regular season. Again, we are live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube channel. If you got a question for our inbox segment coming up, drop it in there, hashtag AskDFO. But first, we're going to get to Frank Saravalli for a little icebreakers.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Frank Saravalli joining us for some icebreakers today with the GM meetings going on this weekend, Frank. And perhaps what's more intriguing than the meetings themselves is who's going to be attending these meetings over the course of the next year. The Philadelphia Flyers moved on from Chuck Fletcher, Danny Briere in the interim chair. What's the latest in the Flyers and their GM search? Yeah, it's a great question, Tyler. I think a lot of people are wondering who will be in that chair as the 32 GMs convene again in June, whether it's in the Philadelphia seat or also what happens with Toronto and Calgary with both Brad Tree Living and Kyle Dubas in the final years of their deals. But when it comes to the Flyers specifically, I'll be very surprised if Danny Briere is not the man sitting there when they reconvene. And the reason for that is he's sort of been bred for this process. He's gotten a chance to look out uh, elsewhere and interview with other teams and was sort of drawn back to the Flyers. Obviously, didn't get those positions, but I think uh, after going through this interview process that this is going to be Danny Briere's job to lose. The way more interesting question, Tyler, is who's going to be his boss? Who's going to be the president of hockey operations that will continue to shepherd this team forward as they begin what is really unlike them for their franchise history and likely to be a multi-year rebuilding effort? So there's a couple names to throw at you, and one is... Uh, a guy that Philadelphia Flyers fans know well in Eric Lindros. I, I don't think there's a ton of uh, validity to that. I think he spent a lot more time around the Flyers organization uh, and certainly could be a candidate if he decided to throw his, his hat into the ring and someone that they would certainly entertain a conversation with. Um, but I think there's also some other experienced executives that would like to be in the mix as well. I believe the Flyers had spoken to Eddie Olchick at a certain point in the last 18 months about some of their issues that have gone on with their team. Uh, so I would include him as a candidate, now a broadcaster with the Seattle Kraken and, of course, TNT. 
And then I would also include Ray Shero, uh, a current advisor to GM Bill Guerin with the Minnesota Wild, has been the GM previously in both New Jersey and Pittsburgh, someone that has experience, but also has a connection to the marketplace. His dad, of course, Fred Shero, was the Flyers coach that guided them to two Stanley Cups. There are only two Stanley Cups in franchise history in the early to mid-1970s, and certainly would be a name that would carry a lot of weight with this fan base as well. So a couple names to keep an eye on as this process will begin to heat up in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why for Shiro, it was so strange to go to Pittsburgh because he had such a connection with the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, ex St. Lawrence University, skating Saint like myself here, Frank. So getting to the meetings themselves, on Monday, what was discussed? Can we expect any rule changes? It's always the hot, top, hot button topic. What can we expect to see on the ice next season? Well, a lot of topics, but not necessarily a lot of progress in terms of where the NHL and its GMs might land on any potential rule changes. And one of the big things that was discussed as the GMs were broken up into four different groups of eight was the idea of, do we need to curb fighting after clean hits? And so I'm going to throw a couple numbers at you. 89% of the fights that occurred uh with players defending teammates were after clean hits. So that means that 11% of them were dirty. It's often tough for uh, players to, to decide that on the fly and they end up dropping the gloves anyway after what is a big hit. And what's more interesting is that out of that 89% of, of fights that came uh, from clean hits is that only 42% of those players ended up being penalized with the instigator penalty. So one of the big things that they talked about on Monday was do we now take this instigator penalty and enforce it more, call it more? With that comes two minutes, a five-minute major, as well as a 10-minute misconduct. So it's pretty hefty in and of itself at 17 minutes. Do we need to change the structure of that? Maybe make it a double minor and have it stand alone and not come with those other two automatic penalties. Do we make it a five-minute major? There's lots of different ways that they could do this. Uh, they could change the instigator rule itself. They could ask officials to enforce it more. The GMs were undecided on that topic. One of the other things that they spoke about today in their meeting was the idea of uh, video review or potentially instituting a coach's challenge for inadvertent high sticks. So high sticks that come as a result of friendly fire or a teammate hitting another teammate in the face with his stick. Uh, which we do see that often with sticks being lifted. And the other thing is uh, pucks over glass. Is that something that should be a video review element? Because the officials congregate and they make the decision on the ice, but sometimes you know the camera gets a better view of it. So those are some of the things that they're talking about today. I'm not convinced that we're going to end up getting through this meeting with any significant rule changes. I know one thing. Hockey fans definitely want more video review in the sport. Uh, third one for you, Frank. Commissioner Gary Bettman is going to address the media on Wednesday as the meetings wrap up. Two words for you. Salary cap. What are you hearing? It's all anyone really cares about. It's not the rule changes or the, any of the juicy debate about who's the next GM of what. Every fan base and every front office wants to know what's next with the salary cap. Is it only going to be increasing $1 million to 83.5 next season? Or is there room for more? I don't expect that we'll get an answer from the commissioner on Wednesday as he ad addresses the media at the conclusion of these GM meetings. I think that he'll say, look, we're in a spot where 
the calculations are and projections obviously are not final. We're on track to whittle the debt down from players to owners to a very negligible amount. And by the letter of the law in the CBA, the way that this was negotiated is that that does mean a scant $1 million increase. However, what I will say, and I don't expect him to broadcast, is the idea that he's going to be getting heat from owners and especially people on the NHL's executive committee to get this cap moving. We don't need a fourth straight season of a flat or frozen salary cap, especially when the debt will be paid off in the first few weeks of next season more than likely. So he's going to be getting pressure from the owner side, but at the same time, he's now getting into negotiations with an unknown character in the sense that we don't know that much about NHLPA incoming executive director Marty Walsh and how he plans to operate. So moving forward, it'll be interesting to see those two sort of get together at the table for the first time because this is a pretty big sticking point moving forward. And as much as teams would like some clarity now, I have a feeling we won't end up getting it until the next GM meeting convenes in Nashville during the week of the NHL draft. And that's when we'll find out more. But until then, uh, I don't expect much by way of an update. Uh, there was one question that came in on our DFO uh, YouTube inbox. Brian Como wants to know your favorite ice cream flavor. Ooh, uh, my favorite ice cream. I'm going to say chocolate marshmallow. How about that? Ooh, okay. Fluffy. Mike? Mike, your take? <laughs> it's fluffy. That's what that is. Uh, my favorite, it's crumbs along the Mohawk. Stewart's ice cream, upstate New York. Uh, I've been really St. Lawrence heavy today, but I think yeah. it's the best ice cream on earth. It's unbelievable. Graham cracker base with caramel mixed in. Oh, man. Deadly. Hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm a simple guy. Give me just like a bowl of really high quality vanilla ice cream. Isn't that on that brand makes sense for, me, for you? Yeah. Oh, it's God. Like it's really... super on brand for you, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, yes. Frank, fantastic edition of Icebreakers. Thanks for doing this, man, and we'll chat with you again soon. Mike McKenna, it's our daily face-off inbox question, and we got one in the chat from our pal Prescott, who's usually hanging out in there every day. He says, of all the bubble teams, who do you think has the best chance to make it in? And the way I'm going to go with this, I'm going to lean on our friend's money puck, Mike. I'm going to give you their percentages for some teams to make the playoffs, and I want you to give me one that maybe the analytics are undervaluing. So they have the Islanders at 47, the Panthers at 40, the Flames at 27, Nashville at 15, Ottawa at 7, Washington at 6, Buffalo at 4.8, Detroit at 1%. Which one of those teams do you think has a better shot than the percentages? It's Buffalo again. I mean, like, doesn't it feel like at 4-something, you yeah. said? Yeah, 4.8. That's, that's wild. Do they not know who Alex Tuck is? They've <laughs> never seen this guy skate. He's like a Clydesdale on feet, but he can go like 25 miles an hour, man. Dude, they're out of their minds. I'll go Buffalo. Yeah, and I'll say the one team that's maybe overvalued and all that is the New York Islanders as well. Listen, I know they have Ilya Sorokin and they have that goaltending edge, but they started scoring at the beginning of the year. That's kind of tapered off and it hasn't really come back with any sort of consistency. So I could actually see the New York Islanders, who are the only team in that Eastern Conference mix who haven't cracked 200 goals scored this year, 
I think maybe the Islanders have a bit of a worse than 40% chance of making the big dance. And I love your answer of the Buffalo Sabres. Let's move along to our daily bets for today. Yesterday, it was a split, but I hit that nice, juicy plus 195 parlay with McKinnon and Matthews both picking up apples. So we were up money yesterday, looking for a second straight profitable day tonight. And I am eyeing up the Flyers versus Golden Knights matchup. The Golden Knights are red hot as of late. 7-2-1 in their last 10. They've won three in a row. The Flyers... 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. The Flyers have not been good on home ice this season. 12-19 and 19 straight up. The Golden Knights on the road this year. Dynamite 20-12 and 12 straight up. They've got some solid puck line covers in there, and they've been doing it as of late. I like taking the Golden Knights at a very nice plus 135 on the puck line. Nothing to complain about there. Philly also going with Sandstrom, not Hart. He's allowed 17 goals against in his last five. Vegas has been getting solid goaltending. I could go on and on. Plenty of reasons to like the Golden Knights to win by two or more in this hockey game. And for my shot prop quickly, Taylor Radish, Lawson Krause. They both crushed it in four of their last five. Both those lines are set at one and a half on points bet Canada. Play them together. It's plus 145. So how about that? A couple of good plus money bets here on a Tuesday night. It's a busy night in the NHL with a handful of games that have some playoff implications. Also, a matchup between the Devils and Lightning. That looks interesting as well out in New Jersey. Mike, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. What caught your attention from last night's slate? There was a picture last night of Owen Power tweeted out by NHL.com's Mike Zeisberger. And it was of Owen Power post-game in Toronto against the Leafs. Of course, he was in town with the Buffalo Sabres. He had a two-point evening. And his grandma, Yvonne, was in and at the game, 93 years old, wearing a Buffalo Sabres jersey. And look at the joy on her face, and Owen's face for that matter. And and I got to tell you, Tyler, this is special to me because my grandparents didn't – my grandpa especially, who was – really, really influential in my life. I mean, he was my best friend. Um, he passed away when I was, I guess, 13 years old, I want to say. Um, you know, he never got a chance to see me play in the NHL or see me play pro hockey or play college hockey. Um, but there were there were times where I could remember waking up at, after my first NHL game, my first NHL win, which was a shutout, oddly enough. And I was just, I started crying, man, because it just, I couldn't, believe that this had happened and then it, it always related back to my grandpa you know who really gave me the love for this sport and how um man he would have been beside himself to see that happen you know um so when i see moments like this where a player can share it with their grandparents um you know it kind of it, it hits me really hard in the best way possible because this is amazing man look look at <laughs> Look how cool this is. They're 93 so years old in the building, so happy. It's a win. He had a great game. Thing is, Tyler, it didn't matter if he had a great game or not. He could have been on the ice for 10 goals against, and his grandma would have still seen her grandson playing hockey in the NHL, achieving his dreams. Um, so I just love this, man. Um, and yeah. I, I I think that the more the NHL can do to show this, the better. Is a great picture by Mike Zeisberger um, and gave me some good memories, man. Some good thoughts. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love that stuff, Mike. And uh, 
that that's incredibly well put and that's a great spot to wrap up the show on a great moment between owen power and his grandma thanks to everybody who tuned in and was in on the youtube chat today we'll be back tomorrow because we're here every day noon eastern time hope you can join us in the meantime keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and enjoy tonight's games even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.